Not had enough of me yet? Well, good news. You can now listen to William Hill's Upfront with Simon Jordan podcast right here. The series, hosted by me, gives you a front row seat to big-name interviews discussing their career successes and failures. Sit back and enjoy. Do you think it badly dented your reputation, and have you ever recovered from it? Oh, I've never recovered, no. Right. I never will. Before I even got interviewed, the only reason I got the job is because Gareth turned it down. Is that right? Yeah. He told me so. I, I asked him to take me... 12 games before that I rang up Angus and said I'll save you no young manager and I feel really sorry for him no young manager can perceive to play anything other than tippy-tappy right and it's some of the worst football I've seen in my life this is up front with me Simon Jordan I believe there are a lot of vacuous uninformed unchallenged opinions out there I want to get to the bottom line and cut through the nonsense So with this podcast with William Hill, I'm going to get people with strong views who think they can stand them up to proper scrutiny. There's a good chance I might learn something along the way, and more importantly, so might you. Joining me in today's episode, someone with over 50 years' experience in football, most recently in the Leeds United dugout. Only Harry Redknapp, David Moyes, Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger have managed more Premier League games than him. He challenged the elite whilst being branded a long ball specialist, a dinosaur, and even a revolutionary along the way. Sam Allardyce, welcome to Upfront. Great to be here. Nice to see you, Sam. Last time I saw you, um, uh, you and I did a little piece um, with Graham Soonis, yes. where yes. you two ganged up on me, because you didn't like my observations about what an interfering can, owner looks like. Yeah, we might gang up here, we could hardly win. Oh, I don't we? know about that, mate. I don't know about that. Um, Sam, w- one of the things that we do uh, in this show when we're talking to people of your caliber is trying to establish a little bit about them what makes them and what defined them and what their journey was so as much as it sort of irks me this moniker i'm going to start with it big sam quite liked it to be perfectly honest with you yeah i thought that if you if you're being in terms of not that i knew then but in terms of being a brand you know if you mention that name everybody will probably know which is certainly watches football or knows football I mean, actually, before that, the Bolton Wanderers fan, fans actually used to do, call me Super Sam Bionic Man because right. in that era, uh, that was a series, the Bionic Man, Steve Austin. Lee Majors. Lee, Lee Majors. So they must have seen something about the way I was running or the way I was committed, I think, because I was a centre-half. Yeah. So I'm you mean, not not not, not um, played at the top level, but, you know, I wasn't. I was a defender. Yeah. I was a proper defender. Yeah. I was a, uh, I was a, in it. many ways destroyer of football yeah. rather than actually player of football. So, but to actually be be loved by your fans and be given a name is like an honour mm-hmm. in 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 our world. You know what I mean? So, from there and then, obviously uh, moving on, I kept I kept that when I went into management, particularly, it sort of stayed with me. Sort of, you know, Shrevesy and and you know, Andy Gray and people like that who knew me would actually, if they were on the telly, would say, well, we'll go up to see what Big Sam's got to say at the Reebok. I have difficulty in taking seriously someone who actually refers to himself as Big Sam. (laughs) But do you think that by that sort of denotion that it's put you in a category or enabled people to pigeonhole you in a certain way because it comes with a physicality rather than an intellectual approach? My persona is six foot three, yep. big, strong, and that comes with a a comes with a perception, a perception yeah. that you are, are are nothing like what you actually are. Yeah, you're one dimensional. Yeah. You're, you're all about your and physicality. Then, and then what that you look- evolves into into coaching and management, where he's 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 a dinosaur. He's old school. He's yeah. so you we have to, or I have to. Uh, in many ways, null that perception or, or downsize that perception. The one, the one thing I never downsized. But you've embraced it, though, didn't you? Yeah, you, I embra- you, you yeah, embraced I, it. Well, I, no, I embraced the long ball stuff. Right. Like, took it on the chin. No, but you embraced the perception of people calling you Big Sam. Because in, in my mind, it, yes, pig- did, it yeah. pigeonholes you a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. in the times that I've spent with you, and, and as I've said to you previously in other spaces, you were the first one of the first guys that I met when I first bought Palace. Yeah. And i never forget... The fact that you were sitting, you were standing in the in the in the um, tunnel leading out to Sellers Park, having a fag, yeah. um, and you and I had a chat, yeah. and it was the approachability, 
and um, the discussion I had with you was with someone that was intellectually far more compelling than people were being led to believe that you were. Yes. So I, I, I wondered, but when you look back on it, do you think maybe I should have pushed back against that narrative? Maybe the Andy Grays and the Richard Keys were all a bit boisy at the time, and yeah. it was all a bit fun to have, but maybe I didn't want to be perceived that way. I mean, perhaps I wasn't. Uh, I was more focused on showing everybody that I could get to the top and have an ambition to play at the highest level and manage at the highest level. And I think that probably, you know, that that wasn't in the forefront of my mind when I was driving on to make every club I was at as good as it could possibly be. And that is, the, there can't be a distraction mm -hmm. if you're going to be successful on what people call you or what people say or what people, what people are outside yeah. in, in the white noise. Yeah. And unfortunately, the white noise is far greater now with social media and much mm -hmm. more damaging than it's ever been before. But, you know, that's what we all have to deal with if you're going to be in this game. But, uh, yeah, there's many times that, that you would have changed or said maybe I would have you know, nullified that a bit more or said, look, this is this is who I really am. Um, but we kept, a, a, unlike today, we kept a more closed-door secrets as we were building and going forward rather than being a bit more open right. than we, we generally are what now. What do you mean by that? Well, we, what we tried to do... Everything stayed in the inside. It stayed in-house. Yeah. And we didn't want to let it out because right. we were being inventive in terms of what we were creating and i was having to find those creative people with the right credentials to evolve us and evolve me mm -hmm. they evolved me as much as i evolved them and led them yeah they, they, i'm talking about the bolton days more than anything yeah, yeah. else now yeah. the quality of the staff that we chose and picked in terms of a, a level of high quality coaching a high quality academic side from lads from university that wanted to get into football and then put them in the positions of analysis, sports science, strength and condition, diet, nutrition, psychology, yeah. put marrying all that together was the, the probably probably at that time, but after the long road to get there, probably after the time was probably the greatest satisfaction I ever felt in football. Because obviously the best satisfaction is you can't beat playing, mm -hmm. but when you've achieved achieved that 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 ultimate goal to to go where you've got that team and the way we got it there, and and I sit at the top taking most of the praise, but really it was about all of us. If you if you look back on it and we've we're reflecting on it for this moment, I'm I'm ruminating on it. it <sighs> would you have preferred people to stop referring to you as that? So that it didn't give other people an opportunity to put you in a box. There were obvious, obviously, the media lads. Head of media was hugely important and even more important now mm. than ever before than giving you an heads up and stuff like that. And then, and if, if I ever felt at any stage that that was becoming a disadvantage, a disadvantage, more a disadvantage, yeah, or anybody that was close to me, like particularly my wife, said. You've got to get. You've got to t stop and keep calling you that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Then perhaps I would have, I would have taken a, a bit more notice. But mm. nobody actually ever, ever. Somebody mentions it to me, puts a seed in my mind, and it might grow. And I go, yeah, yeah. yeah I need that's to why I had the staff here. But nobody yeah. ever really said that to me, like, like, like you put it. You know what I mean? So maybe, maybe it was something I missed. Maybe not. But you know. But if there was an element of of being able to change people's perception of you, which part would you want to change? I'm not sure I can change my DNA because it, it, some of it comes out on an instinctive basis and is uncontrolled right? because it's part of me. Um, so I think it comes from dyslexia probably as a kid. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah it brings you yeah. lots of challenges Certainly in my time, because it wasn't diagnosed yeah. in my school yeah. years. And I became extremely fearful about the mickey taking that comes your way if you can't spell, mm -hmm. you can't read as well as the others. Yeah. And that moves, that moves on from 
not just your school years when you go into football and they can come even worse yep. in terms of once they fight. So you're very good at disguising that, but I mean, so, but then as time goes on and as you use your other learning skills by listening and watching and, 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 and absorbing what people are saying, particularly if they, they grab your attention, mm. then you move on from that. And then obviously, thank God for predict a word and so on and so forth. So, right. you know, way back in the, in the early days, it would be di difficult for me to be, be writing on a flip chart, you know, well, this and this, cause the lads are going, Oh, we can't even spell mm. that. Like you mean? So, you know, but I do think that's probably listening to all the science behind it and all what's happened in over many, many years. I, I might have gained a really good advantage cause of that. Mm. Because there are a lot of people who are very successful and very wealthy who are, absolutely who say themselves that they are absolutely. dyslectic. So perhaps it hadn't been as big a burden as I thought it might have been, but it was a challenge. But given the scale, I mean, obviously this builds up a character in you, and I, I actually believe, and I'm sure you probably do as well, that out of challenges and adversity comes character, right, and backbone yeah. and integrity, mm. and from those things comes leaders. Mm -hmm. The thing that follows you and follows you repeatedly this characterization of the brand of football that you play um you've got this this denotion of of a long ball merchant yeah uh, and the dinosaur mm. mentality mm. and you've said it yourself everton mm. at west ham mm. um i think they mentioned newcastle. it in newcastle yeah. as well mm. um that all of the fans well, not all of the fans, that's, that's bullshit, that's not fair to say, but a, the small a, a significant proportion of them yeah, make their yeah, voice yeah, heard yeah. all yeah. went after you mm. on, on the style of play. Yeah. Can you, can you, can you top and tail that for me and give me your version of why you think that's been stuck with you? A lot of it came from journals and most of them hadn't even watched it. Right. But it, it, and it came and it stuck. So, and a lot of it came from managers who I turned over. Right. Who got upset. Yeah. We'll get on to Wenger in a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah. it, so that's where, so when it was promoted by the manager after the game, the press would love it. And that's yeah. where I should have shot it down. But, but, but the fans are buying into it, aren't they? Well, I mean, there must, there must be something in it, Sam. I mean, I mean, I, I look at some of the players that you've had. Um, and there's been creative play, specifically mm. uh, for, for, for the purpose of this conversation, the J.J. Acochas uh, um, at um, uh, Bolton and the Ivan Campos and a few other players that weren't just your basic go-back-to-front merchants. Obviously, you had the big boy up top. Um, Kevin the, Davis. Kevin yeah. Davis, right? Mm. Um, but there must be – it can't just be an unfair tag. The Bolton Wanderers side was never that in the end. The last three years was some of the purest football you could play, but, but then move on from no, nobody. Move, move nobody on to Everton. And yeah, move but, on well, to but West Everton, Ham. Everton was was your job is about about how good your team is. Yeah. So if you want me to carry on playing like Ronald Coleman, yeah, and go concede twenty eight goals in eight games, yeah. and get relegated, then because you're playing tidy, but that's a different for, argument, Sam. You know what I mean? But that's a different you'll argument. You'll do that if you get the team and you look at the team and you say. This team is only good enough to play like this. It's a practical view yeah. on getting the getting the best players you've got to play to their strengths in the position and the system that gets your results right now. Which I agree with. That 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 cannot be cannot be like expansive the open, now, and it's gone worse now. Right. I mean, the media media have made it worse now that no young manager, and I feel really sorry for him. Yeah. No young manager can perceive to play. Anything other than tippy tappy, right? And it's some of the worst football I've seen in my life. The Premier League has suffered from it, and not only that, it's gone down all the leagues. Right. Managers are getting sacked because they're not playing the right type of football. Mm. And what is the right type of football? I think it's winning football, personally. Correct. <laughs> so do we all? But, but now it's not. Yeah, it's not winning football. It's it's obviously playing what everybody perceives to be the right way. And I see more goals conceded by playing out from the back than I ever see I agree. Than I ever see from anything I agree. else. You yeah. know. And I Manchester agree. City, you know, love you doing it. The best defenders at Manchester City are the front six because they win the ball back more than the back four does and then go and score. So 
So Thomas Frank, and this is no disrespect to what he does because I love it, mm. played a long ball against Manchester City away, right? And no one said anything about it. Nobody said, oh, apart from brilliant. Right, because it overcome Man City. And it, it, because they couldn't cope. Mm. Every ball onto Ivan Tony, knock down, flick on, knock down, flick on, goal, goal. And obviously in between that, there's a lot of really good defending. Mm -hmm. In that particular day, he wants his team to play like that. And that's so, what, that's what you, if you evolve in football, you know, you go to Chelsea and play nobody up front with Crystal Palace and win 2-1. Yeah. Does anybody say that's great done. tactic? Is anybody okay, say well, that? Let, you know what I mean? Let me reposition, so, let me reposition the question. I've never played the same right. anywhere. I didn't. I don't. I, Jermaine Defoe up front for Sunderland. Sunderland, yeah. So how how did I play long ball? Mm. But it's still. Yeah. It, so it never it was never. But it's never. Well, it, it's affected my career. I know that. But it's never affected me doing my management job going forward. It's just. It's just. I had to accept many many years ago. It's never going to change. Well, you can change perceptions, Sam. You can change perceptions, but would it be would it be that your style of management is pragmatic? Yes, I would. Unrealistic. People don't want pragmatic anymore. They've got this ambitious idea that everyone's got to play in a certain way, and that, and, and and I think the media don't help with that. But I also think we are where we are, right? And that may well be people getting their jobs lost on the back of that bullshit. But it's where we are. If you were sat here with a blueprint of saying, this is the way, if I could play, this is how I would play, what would that look like? What would it look like? It would look like the the, the way that we're capable of playing with that particular team, like we did at Bolton in the last three, four years. Once we got Nicholas and Elka, yeah. there was probably the last, the last piece in the jigsaw. <clears throat> and everybody else around him in... in and some some of these lads are world class talent, Simon. Of course, not better they. You know, but never isn't it also been... about in heart? Everything's, so everything's relative, isn't it? We right? used to say, we used to say, white lads will go through this now, and they used to say, well, we don't need that gaffer now because we know what you want. Yeah, and I go, yeah, okay then, that's fine, lads. So off we go. You go, you go, you. We all know how we can play all each other. So the coaching becomes less, Simon. The yeah. the the. the the, the quality of the players. Yeah, the better player, less and, the player. And, and yeah. everybody used to say, like when I bought them in the first place, mercenaries, why is he buying them? The, 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 they've just come for the money. Mm. They're too old. Well, most of them are under 30 yeah. to start with. And most of them would not want to come and embarrass themselves because of their own personal goals yeah. and reputation that we managed to pick. Now, we what, was, it, what was an Elka like? Oh, um, it was. It, by the time we'd, by the time we had, uh, or I'd convinced him to join us. Yeah. Which was, which was, he was a talent, right? Yeah, a huge talent. talent. Yeah. And, and and I don't mind a bit of, you know, maverick, bit of difficulty. But yeah. we always said, as long as on the field performance outweighs the difficulty we might yeah. have with him. But to my surprise, he'd grown up. Right. He'd matured. How'd you get him to come to Bolton? He, he met. I met him twice, Charles de Gaulle Airport, right. and said, "Like you know, we're gonna we're gonna bring you back to the Premier League. You're gonna do great for us, and then we're gonna sell you on. In fact, you might like us that much. You might want to stay. Might want to stay a bit longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, which is what most of them did. You know. So, so because he's in a good team, he looked at the team and saw Yuri Yorkov, JJ Kocha, yeah. Fernando Yero, Ivan Campo, people." Stalios, Jufi, people like that. I went, this is a good team. He must this. have been a handful of Juf. Oh, yeah, Jufi's all right, yeah. Calls me dad. Does he? Yeah. All right. You know what I mean? So a bit of delicate handling. Again, you know what I mean? A, a, a few problems, but one, ones that were never, apart from you, never justified the spitting. But, you know, all of the other stuff was mis more mischievous yeah. than it was like, you know, like outrageous, you know what I mean? So, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Nicholas was the was the man that the man that a bit like Jermaine Defoe, mm. different types of players, but they didn't miss more than one chance. Right. If they got two, they scored one. If they got two, they might score two. But rarely miss rarely miss two out of three. I'm going to go back to the long ball thing and the, mm. and the characterisation of it. When Rio Ferdinand was discussing Con Tottenham under Conti, 
towards the end of Conti's debacle. They've become a set-piece set team, haven't they? The best in the league at set-paces. Have they got Tony Pulis or Big Sam back in the face somewhere? When you hear that, does it? What, what do you think? Do you think, I call for you? Or do you think... <laughs> well, or do you think all, I, you I could say, all I could say is that like, all the punters today, all the punters today have to keep the job, don't they? Oh, you've been pundits, yeah? Yeah. Right. And the way they keep the job is, is what everybody wants now. Right. Criticism. Right. They don't want... Criticism's okay, as long as it's fair. Yeah, right? yeah, but, yeah, but a lot of it's not constructive, is it? No. Because it, it makes a reaction that people want or have, or have been brainwashed into from, you know, from, so the, from the press... Playing into a stereotype. Into the, into the radio and the yeah. media. Like no, look at what, me when you're saying that, by the way. What controversy can I talk about to make myself more relevant. popular and yeah. relevant? And that's what the... And listen... They need the job. They need to do it. That's fine, and I like doing it. But I don't need it. But I like doing it. You know what I mean? But I try but not to be. It's plain speaking. Okay, because you, you don't like this narrative. But it's plain speaking, because I don't. Whether you agree with what I say or don't, I don't say th when I'm doing the media stuff. No. I don't say stuff to get a reaction from people. I couldn't no, give no, a monkey's no. what well, people well, think. I don't take I, you as like that. I, but I say it lot, because I believe I'm it. Not, and if I'm wrong, I'll yeah, get but corrected. You're more, you're, better, more mature, knowing what it's going, all the ones who are coming through now, you know, who are, you know, talking about managers should get sacked and, you know, it's a disgrace that they did this or it's a disgrace, you know, using those words. Yeah. In fact, actually, talk sports have been pulled up on it by the FA, PLMA, I mean. Oh, that must have really concerned them. You know what I mean? So, so they've had a response to say that they will try better, whether they do or whether they don't. But that's not so much. Go, yeah, because Moisey said that to me. I saw, I saw you know Moisey. I saw Moisey about two or three months ago, and he was in. I think there was ever just before West Ham turned the corner, got themselves together in yeah. the European. And he said to me, "I'm getting fed up with talk sport. They're doing this stuff where they're turning around, and, and the Scottish papers are doing the same, saying a manager should be sacked for this, and a manager should be sacked for that." And they should be. We're doing polls to see you. And I said to him, and I said to him, I've got to be honest, Moisey. For the amount of dough you guys get, get on with it. It's background noise. You call yes, it white noise. Yeah, yeah. Get on with it. In the world that you live in, it, thirty years ago or forty years ago, when you landed as a manager, if someone said to you, "You're going to get three or four million pound a year, but you're going to listen to a load of old nonsense sometimes from ex-players or the media giving you a load of." Of, of, of observations that you don't like, but you're going to get four million quid a year for it. You'd have pulled their arm off at the shoulder, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's still a lot less than the players, by the way. Yeah. And that's a different discussion, but you would have done, wouldn't you? You'd have pulled their arm yeah. off at the shoulder. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean the, the era of the Premier League when it evolved was, was like so great in terms of what they did for the world of football. It's, I always say we're, we're, uh, the Premier League is an international league played yeah. in England. Yeah. It's no, not the English, not the English Premier League. It's, <laughs> exactly, it's an mate. international league yeah. played in England. Yeah. And we're very fortunate to the have it. The only English thing about it is very the geography of the clubs. Yeah. And what's happening in the game today is there's far fewer youngsters have the opportunity to become a professional footballer in this country than ever before because of imports. And yet, you know what I mean? the Premier so, League fight and argue and bitch and whine about the change of policy around the yeah, bringing over of players into this country. It's foreign owned. If we had control in terms of the developing of our youngsters, forget them about being at school. If they're talented enough, because the education system in the Premier League, particularly, can handle everything probably better than the school can. I watch my son take his son to Manchester United from eight mm. to sixteen, and 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 that was and watch him clock the thousands and thousands of miles up, mm. four nights a week. Yeah, t till he was 14 and weekends traveling across the country and playing. If it was in the school system, that's how I was brought up, right. then we would create much better footballers. Did you know that it's, we're at 90%, 85%, 90% failure rate again? Of what players? Players from 16 to 21. Yeah, but, it, but that's the reality it, of it, Sam. It, yes. It? I mean, but, how are you going to get, if you've got 2,500 footballers in, in professional football, and hundreds and hundreds of kids getting a look at the dream factory, going into... When I signed for Chelsea when I was 15, yeah, yeah. we used to train on the back of the pitch at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> Mick Leach, the old QPR centre forward, right, yeah. was my coach. Yeah. Right, in this modern day and age, the kids now are going into 
wonderful environments mm. where they'll be given the best opportunity to be able to get an opportunity to be a professional mm. footballer. And the hard fact of life is, yeah, but, is that the, most people won't be a professional footballer. Listen, because we're so academic today, I call being a footballer master's degree. You're, if you become a footballer, you're a Premier League footballer, you're as good as the top person that comes out of Oxford University. You should having be. Having passed yeah. his maths. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. In, in yeah. reality too, yeah, because that's, be, yeah. that's why you're playing there, because your brain that, is why you're playing there. In the skill that you're, you're, skill that you've got. For, yeah. So I just get, I'm so passionate about football and nothing else that I don't want to see those chances for opportunities uh, di diminished more and more and more. And the other scenario is, because we allowed yeah, the Premier League push so hard to the FA and the lower leagues, we allowed them to take them for a pittance of the money at 12, 13, 14, Absolutely. 15. Well, that, well, the FA doesn't govern the game, and the no. Premier League put in the elite so, player performance programme and yeah. took the piss out of everybody, mm. and all the clubs in the EFL decided to vote for it because they wanted the 250 grand of a solidarity right. payments, mm. and all of a sudden you're giving up young players with no compensation, without with any proper ability to reinvest back into the facilities to get more young players coming through. So don't 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 get me started on yeah, that. Well, I'm exactly with this. I'm the same same in sheet because what happened to this is that the players much better and much more capable of going through the ranks at the smaller club quickly enough to get to a bigger club and get bought by a bigger club which then helps funds fund the, the smaller club to go on of course to now a lot of kids a lot of them have give up and shut the academy down well, but, but then, i don't think brentford have an academy but, but then square this circle you get birmingham that sell jude bellingham for 35 million quid and yeah. the next day they close the bleeding academy yeah it don't make sense to me because one of the no. things for me that kept my sanity at palace was not the idea that I could go and buy footballers that would do me a favour yeah. to come and play for me, but to have Wayne Routledge, to have Victor Moses, to have Wilf, yeah, who you good, know yeah. very well, yeah, well to have good. you know Ben Watson or Johnny Williams coming out of my academy and wanting to play for Crystal Palace. So you're, you're singing to the choir. Mm. Um, how important, in terms of the evolution of your of your image and the perception of you, was getting the England job? Do you think? I mean, England was the ultimate. I mean, it was the ultimate achievement. But do you think when you got the job, did you merit it? I mean, were you the best of an average bunch or did you really merit the England manager's job at the time? Because I remember Brucey saying that he thought he was in for it. Pardew and his, in, in being a president yeah, of his own Pardew fan Brucey club. got interviewed for it. Yeah. I know that uh, I know that for a fact, like you mean. So, I mean, yeah, I got it. What made him give it to you? Um, I think probably my interview. But what about that interview? Uh, Presentation-wise. But what would you have told England? Engl England guys that are sitting there, Martin Glenn and all those clowns that I don't have a great deal of admiration for, Sam, quite frankly. What are you going to do to improve the current state of play? We are where we are. Men you're, you're mentally more than anything else. Because they went on a, a huge amount about, about how, how they struggled. They seemed to struggle mentally about the fact that there was a, you know, there was a bit, bit on Joe Hart, wasn't there, where... He was overstimulated. Overstimulated, yeah. going, you know, going a little bit yeah. way over the top, like you mean. So you know how to control your emotions as a manager. Yeah. So when, you're, when your stomach's churning, like, and you're talking to the players and you're nervous, yeah, that the exterior is calm and it delivers what it needs to deliver. And that... And that comes over time and experience and you get better and better at that. And then you get the sense of what you need to say or deliver at that particular period of time. But deep down inside, you're still nervous and you're still... But if you show that that emotion or you show those nerves, people pick up on that and you can't get the like best out of it. Like smells fear and bites yes, you, right? Yeah. So, so being positive about the England team and what the England team could achieve and the changes we could make together about this new this new era and going forward like I mean which was but it's the most the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life because it's such a big as job as a manager right? such a big yeah, job yeah. And, and you know believe you me the wife that was the last thing she wanted me to do was take it not giving you a pass because I think sometimes you football managers you know are, are, are your own worst enemies I actually felt that it was the FA's fault um, and I think I've said this to you before. If I haven't, I'm going to say it to you now. I think that that that, that you would have crawled across broken glass to have got that England manager's job. Mm. And I, I'm not taking a piss out of you and saying that you shouldn't have, you, that you shouldn't have got the right money yeah. for doing it. No. And I thought it was their job 
to make it clear to you in their contract that you don't do anything else. You don't have any commercial eng engagements anywhere else. Mm. You're the England manager. Mm. The only thing that you focus on is being the England manager. We don't want to see you doing any commercial endorsements. We don't yeah. want to see you talking on media channels. Mm. We don't want any of that. It's all England manager's job. Now, now, if you don't want the England manager's job under that condition, then you don't take it. And mm. if you do, then Sam Allardyce would never have been sat in that meeting mm. helping Scott McGarvey, or not helping Scott McGarvey, yeah, would true, he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and by the way, it's... Uh, I'm not giving you a pass no, for it, No, I'm, I'm, don't, I'm don't expect it. a pass because I still kick, kick myself today, even though I don't think it... I think they could have... I think they should have looked up. I think they, they, they should have stood by it. Yeah, I think that um, that in the contract terms, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But actually on the day, all they needed to do was take a bit of time to realise how false it was, right? Because it took a huge amount of time for me to show everybody how false it was. But yeah. that's another story. But... And the other side of this is when they talk about salary, I reduced my salary by forty five percent to take that job for what yeah. I was earning. It some, but that's my point. That's, precisely that, it. it wasn't about that. Wasn't about the money. That no, was no, about, I know it wasn't. That wasn't but, the point but, I was making. But you know, anyway. But you know, the point I was making was, mm. and it was in defence of you, right? I, 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 I think I, you you should have yes. known better. But yes. also, by the same token, they should have put but, you in. They should have done their jobs better. It's not giving you a pass because you sat across me. It's what I've always believed. I believe that if the FA want you to be the England manager, they should lay the rules down. And if you don't want those rules, then don't take the England manager's job, which is yes. you don't do bugger all else. And then you'd have known. And then you'd, if you'd have done it, you'd never been able to have an excuse to say, well, I didn't know. I shouldn't have been there in the first place. True. And I've got to put myself in the way of a sting that ultimately has cost me my job. Do you think it badly dented your reputation? And have you ever recovered from it? Oh, I've never recovered, no. Right. I never will. It's always, what would I have done? What could I have achieved? Could I have done any better? Will I have done any better? Would, you know, I should. But then but then you look at the past and I don't dwell on it too much. I think it's best not to. I, I've so got I, actually, I actually go, okay. It still comes into my mind sometimes, of course it does, especially when England games are playing in tournaments. But then I go, right, that's enough that of that. It, Let's hit, move yeah. on. I mean, yeah. and, and that, certainly the Crystal Palace, uh, what Steve Parry said to me, what what a load of rubbish, what a load of crap that was, Sam, yeah. getting rid of you for that, right? I mean, you just can't believe it. He said the way they did it was the most distasteful, and I don't, I've got a confidentiality clause, so I'm yeah, not I'm sure what I'm talking about. But when I got could... to Palace, I was like, this is heaven, because I'm back in football, yeah. and it's going to completely absorb my mind 24-7 yeah. on trying to work away out to save Crystal Palace, like you mean. Yeah. So no, I remember watching and, it, and that was like I, I, I remember. I remember watching it and observing on it at the time, mm. and I remember thinking at the time I felt, I thought the FA had a change of mind about you, and I think they use it as an excuse. Mm. I think they, I think this is going. You're not going to like this, but I'm going to say it, and, mm. and it won't, I'm not in a popularity contest with you. I think they didn't think you were as sophisticated enough as they wanted you to be, and the media presentation that they wanted you to be an England manager of a certain culture and creed. And I think they used it as an excuse. Mm. And I think that they, they they threw you under the bus. They could have backed you. They could have turned around and gone, well, hang on a second. We'll take a pause here. We'll have a proper investigation into this. And we'll come back round in full circles and tell what, and tell you that we're not going to be run by the media. We're going to be run by facts. Yes. But the, all the, the other side of that is, is that did I change too much that they didn't particularly like? So that might be true. And I, what I thought later down the line was, did I do too much to some that upset them? Because well, if you if you remember, it, it, I, I I insisted on cancelling the friendly at Wembley before we went to play our first game in the in the qualifiers. Because I said if you, if I'm coming to to meet the team for the first time. And I have to play a game, a friendly game at Wembley three days before we play the most important game, one of the most important games England's ever had after the failure in the Euros. Yeah. I want to be together. I want to be together. And I yeah. want the players need yeah. to get to know me. I want to get yeah. to know them. And that, that was maybe that, yeah. ooh, you know, what started does setting it about, started, yeah. and, and then I started changing all these rules. Mm. The one thing I regret the most is obviously that meet meet it Scott, of course. But, but that's life, Sam. But but, I mean, but not give it not be given the opportunity to defend myself. Yeah. At the FA. But, Listen, I mean I'm in the same place as you, mate. I walked out of Palace having lose fifty million quid and everyone telling me that I was a failure. I know the truth. 
I know the reality of what happened. I know the people that were beneficial from it, your mate Parrish and so and so forth. Yeah. Well, I've got to live with that. All right. And you live yeah. with it and you go, that's yeah. not true. That's not fair. But do you know what? It's sometimes in life you take the ups and downs and none of us complain when it's going our way. And, and, and in the end, I lost my boyhood club, the club that my father played for, yeah. the club that I put my heart and soul in where I got things right and wrong. And you lost an opportunity to manage England. You must be watching what's gone on. I can't help but be honest about my views. I think Southgate's the luckiest English manager to ever, God ever put breath into with some of the draws that have got. Yeah, I get it. He's done well. Yeah. He's done some of the things that you were talking about wanting to do, yeah, which yeah. is bring the media closer to the yes, players, absolutely. get rid yeah. of the divisions. Yeah. And I'm assuming that would have been things that I you'd have thought about I think as well. he's the perfect personality for the FA. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I have to say, before I even got interviewed, the only reason I got the job is because Gareth turned it down. Is that right? Yeah. He told me so. Right. That's a strange one. So, That's a strange so one. you know... Perhaps but, that, but that, you know, that mean you had whatever people may or may not say about you. You had two or three top eight finishes. Mm. In in you're managing some of the biggest clubs around Newcastle, being one of them, which is challenging football clubs. You had a domestic managerial career that gives you an England manager's job, gives you the right to be in the room, managing Middlesbrough and taking them down to the Championship, and being an FA man. I, I don't know what I make of that, Sam. When you well, say he told you, how did he tell you that? Well, we were just having a conversation because he was under under twenty ones yeah. coach and all that. That they, they they asked him, and he said he wasn't ready, which I thought was was fantastic in terms of if you're not ready, you're not ready for that you. pressure. And that, and believe you me, that is the pressure you get. Like I mean, there's no pre more pressure in that job than the than the England manager's job, and uh, and he's he's building his way and it. And I think that was a great decision by him because of his. He was looking at his lack of experience as a well, soon was bleeding ready because five months later, he was well, in. yes, well, yeah. he took it, yeah. you know. And it, you can't knock that, you can't knock him as a human no, being. No, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, we can't knock him as a human, but we can all look at say what comes with inexperience we may have seen mm. in, in terms of decision making in the dugout. That is a crucial area of football, and particularly today, your decisions on substitution, particularly now we've gone up to five, yeah. And tactical changes while the game's going on is a particular area that the longer you do it, the better you get at it. Cool, sure. And but, and perhaps his inexperience, because everybody's talked about Gareth's not. He's had three tournaments now, yeah. and 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 I'm not asking you to get involved in getting no, click, no. clickbait commentary, no, right? No, because no. I think you're old enough and wise enough to not yes. want to do that. Yeah. But I do think there's salient points, right? Because, um, going into the first tournament in the World Cup in 2018, he gets an opportunity to beat the Croatians. We didn't beat anyone that we shouldn't have beaten. We beat everyone in that tournament we should have beaten. We yeah. got draws that other managers, you included, would have bit your arms off for. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And you get to a semi-final, you're in control of the game against the Croatians in the first half. And you know the Croatians are going to get better in the second yeah. half because they couldn't and do anything else. Risk. But, right, yeah. right, until he, he doesn't change it. Mm. We get to the uh, European uh, Championship final and we are one nil up and he doesn't change it. If you were managing England when you're playing against Italy in the final of the Euros... What would you have done differently? Well, I'd do it a, a, a lot quicker. But you often find when the opposition score, the manager puts a sub on. Yep. And it's long. Well, that's, that's no good, is it? No, you, you're reacting rather than being uh, proactive. Yeah, proactive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm going, I need to put a sub on now because I need to stop this wave. Yeah. So a lot of my coaching is about like understanding yep. when you're not in, you're not having the best time you should be you should be intelligent enough to change it yourself. Yeah. So somebody Rather should say the captain and say, "Look, let's tighten up for ten minutes. F you know, forget about change the momentum. Forget about playing out from the back. Or let's get it in there and half yeah. push up and let's keep them there for a while. Because there's nothing worse than the tension you feel when the opposition get in your box and it's building up. And I'm looking for information of the my right hand man, or I'm looking for information from my sports scientist coach, who who's got to spot maybe. A, a player that's tiring, that's his responsibility. Or the assistant manager goes, do you think you should change this? And I go, yeah, maybe, like, you mean, give us... And then I absorb that and then go, right, we're going to change this. And he'll go, why? And I'll say, well, I think we're going to like that because it's going to control the game better and it's going to get us in there and it's going to get us back in the game a bit more. Because we'd be, we'd, if I don't change something, they're going to score. Gonna happen, yeah. They're going to score. Because yeah, that's the accusation I'm they're, making. They're going to score. I'm making about Southgate is yeah. that 
you know, I, I think he's done a lot of good things. I think he's been brilliant with the media. Absolutely, but, yeah. And I think that's a really important part of the very, job. Very, and you know that, very right? Very good, yeah. Uh, and I think he's been great at getting yeah. some unison back into the playing squad and getting yeah. the players back on side where there's less bitching and whining about what they haven't got and more happy about what they have got. I'm not that refined, that's for sure, as Gareth. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But but this, this, I think you're saying the same thing as me, yeah, which absolutely. is the proactivity to affect something before it happens. Because once it's happened, we can all bleed and see it. It's being able to prevent it from happening and changing the direction of travel. Do you think, when you look at the clubs that you've managed... And you look across Newcastle, because to me, speaking to Sunes, speaking to Brucey, and and had brief conversations yeah, with you yeah, about Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. So you look at it now and go, "Geez, Louise, why couldn't I've got my time at Newcastle now?" Not just because of all the dough that the salaries are going to bring in, but because it would always appear to me, John Hall, I, I love very much and still do. But yeah. you had Mike. Was Newcastle the impossible job? Because Sunes thought it was. At the well, time. maybe, maybe so, maybe so. I always remember Bobby Robson saying it has to be one of the hardest jobs I've ever had, and I didn't know whether Bobby was saying that because he was a Newcastle boy, yeah. and the pressure that would be on him because he's a Newcastle boy, or whether it wasn't. But I mean, unfortunately, within two months or three months, the club was taken over yeah. by Mike, which is the quickest takeover of football mm. club that's ever happened because. Mm. He, in his own words, he didn't do any due and diligence. Wasn't, and you weren't his man. And, it, and I want, in the end, I wasn't his man. Mm -hmm. And and all of a sudden, that money never materialised. Yeah. So I ended up like I was at Bolton, looking around for free transfers mm -hmm. and loan players, which is never never going to be good enough for Newcastle United. Right place, wrong time. Right place, wrong time. Talk so, to me about Leeds. Why'd you take the Leeds job? I mean, I mean, I sort of sat there. I was, I was aghast at it. Was saying when I see, I see they're going to pay you three million quid for keeping them up. I was like, hold on a second here. Well, that's always got to be a bonus for doing that. Oh, How much money you save in the football club? Bonus. But, but I mean, it's what a, made you take the job? Four games. Get back on the training Four ground. Four games. And I knew I, I asked them to take me twelve games before that. I rang up Angus and said, "I'll save you." Right. Right. And Victor, who was a director of football also, then, yeah. who appointed Garcia, obviously made he made some mistakes, mm -hmm. obviously along the way, because they sacked him, and then just uh, Angus just said, "Can you come?" Will you do it, please? Would you have kept them up if you had those games? Because there was a, I mean, oh, they were all I, over I, the place, so, I think, they? I think we'd, we'd, it would have been touch and go. Yeah. But I think we'd have been really close. We were really close in the four games because in the game against Newcastle... Yeah, that was the moment, wasn't it? We, that was the moment. We we should have won that I game. I know you should. And we got a lad sent off and we still drew 2-2. Drew no, that was the moment, wasn't it? And that was, that was the changing moment. There's another changing moment that you can't talk about that nobody actually thinks of actually happens but there are other c things you can't control so West Ham two of the three goals were half an inch onside rather than half an inch offside these are the margins but that wasn't they? that wasn't the ultimate the ultimate was in the first half an hour we should have been three nil up and so it always came back to bite us that one is we don't defend very well we didn't keep a clean sheet since last February, and we can't score goals when yeah. we create chances. Now, the proof of that was at the end, the last game of the season, and we'd planned so hard and did, done so much to try and make sure we contain Harry Kane and Son, that that would give us an opportunity to win the game. Now, had we contained Harry Kane and Son, lead stats at the end of the game, what, 11 shots at goal, four goals. Our stats were 21 attempts at goal, mm. two on target. So actual fact, we hadn't played that bad yeah. in no, statistical terms. But in terms of what Harry did to us and the shambolic defence. Yeah, it was a Newcastle game. The Newcastle I mean, game changed the direction of travel. I mean, I, I remember, watching, right. I remember yeah. watching the Man City game thinking, Jesus Christ, Patrick Bamford's got a 50-piece head. Will he hold the ball up? Know, crying know. out loud, <laughs> hold the ball up, let him get yeah. out for five minutes. Yeah. And then watching the Newcastle game and seeing that moment and thinking, he puts his penalty in, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in control of your own destiny now. There's yeah. a different landscape coming. When you took the job, was it one of those where it was a job with nothing to lose? And well, you've always got your reputation that you've got them, re you've, you've got them relegated, but not too many who are sensible people would actually say that that's that's. They'd probably say that more about more about West Brom than they would about uh, Leeds, because I had a I had a long time at West Brom. Yeah. But well, yeah, nothing but, to lose in the Leeds job, no, then, is it? No, yeah. nothing to lose in yeah. the Leeds job. And it's Leeds United, Simon. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I know. 
You well, know what I mean? It's well, Legion United. It's like. Did you only take it if he was standing in the Premier League? Because uh, Roy Keane says, nah, 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 nah. He's not going to take the job in a championship. His ego won't let him do it. If it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not to do with my ego. It's to do with the, uh, I choose. I choose what I want to be. But it's Leeds. Yeah, but no. When you want to get back yeah, up again. Yeah, but I choose whether I'm going to get Leeds back up again. Right. And, so I, and under the circumstances that I saw in a short period of time, I thought it was going to be hugely difficult. Right. And the two factors of not staying is, do I think there's enough goals up front for Leeds? If they kept all the players, probably. But if they'd have altered the Probably, program. yes. You're definitely going to have to lose some players for the financial reasons. So, and I, so I thought, well, you know, let, I actually advocated Carl Robinson and, and Robbie Keane to stay. Right. And of course, I wasn't sure about the support I was going to get at the top because the the, the change the, of ownership, the, the change of ownership mm. uh, was going to happen. When was it going to happen? How long was it going to take? And it, in my opinion, it's taken too long. Right. So, you know, the new manager just coming in now. They've started training. Mm. You know, how long is it going to take? He might do a brilliant job and get get him going straight away. We'll only find that at the start of the season. But it, you know, I choose I choose that. Uh, like many others, categorise me in the fact that I'll come in and save you and then I'll leave. Do you accept that role? Do you accept I do that now, role? Yeah, you accept yeah. it, well. Yeah, I do now. You're yeah. comfortable with it? Yeah, because because I don't... I, I, the years Doesn't bother years, you at all? No. The years no. and years I've had the aggravation, Simon, of spending the entire summer going around trying to get players to sign on, to re-sign players, to, to sort the pre-season out to do the travel to get where we're going to go what are the hotels like what's the food like where are we going to go walking around on holiday and the missus saying are you ever going to put that phone down are you ever going to are you ever, what's the point in coming abroad and having holiday when you all you do is get on I mean at least the last few years because we're turned, flying on a private jet yeah, darling know, to the best yeah. parts of the world yeah. because I'm a well paid football manager <laughs> how about that well that's very true but, tell me this you know, um this um press conference because I sat there looking at it again it was great wasn't it what the fucking hell are you on about Sam no, it's like, I it's think I'm Elon Musk right but I'm not yeah. right so what's this about what was the mentality what was the well, the mentality about was about, born out of I know I'm, the, I'm as good as any of these managers out there we had a good laugh about it after because I was speaking to Carl and he was laughing about yeah, he said he said it'll be amazing to see how many how many people will take it literally and I said there'll be a lot There'll be a lot who are daft enough to not read between the lines. So Alex Ferguson always said, "Your big hero, pictures yeah. of him on your desk." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you're in trouble, divert the attention onto you. And these players, when I first got in, we'd only got there Wednesday. We were playing Man City away, which is a bit of a free throw, wasn't it? Man City away. Yeah, the players were so dejected or looked so dejected that there was barely a smile. After the Bournemouth result, they would yeah, be, wouldn't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Barely a smile, barely, a, you know, and I'm going to talk about the previous manager so much, but like talking Spanish most of the time right. is not a, a good environment for, you know, Communication all and, the players yeah, that yeah. can speak English. You know what I mean? But anyway, we had to pick the players up. So I thought taking the pressure off the players by creating a headline like I mean I'm good at creating headlines sometimes for good or bad but creating headline I knew it was going to be splashed and of course it it made the press really easy didn't it redirect yeah they were going because oh, I thought thank God thank God Sam's come back with a, a vengeance yeah. I thought you bang were, here we go I thought you were doing it my take on it was was I didn't take it literally I didn't think it was a, a, an assertion or an observation that you were up there with Guardiola or Klopp no. right? I thought what you were doing was announcing to the dressing room that you were there yeah that I am Big Sam, and I'm here, and I'm as big as they get, and I'm bigger than this dressing room, and you guys are going to f- follow me. And that's well, what I well, thought it was in part. Well, I, I, I think so, yes. And I have to say the re- response, the results, obviously, in the end, extremely poor. But the response that me, Carl, and Robbie got, and, and I've never worked with Robbie before. He's a nice lad, isn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah. But not just his personality, but as his coaching techniques, certainly with the front men, yeah. hold a lot of credibility to mm. the players that were there because mm. they know what he is as a player. But, but also his session would Carl, outstanding manager. Yeah. By a, is he? By a million miles yeah. an outstanding manager. Uh, gets carried away with himself sometimes. Yeah, I've had a couple of runs with Carl. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. We all do that, I say. But, uh, and, I, and I, you know... 
I think that um, he's been like a lot of English managers that, you know, you say that don't work hard enough and all that, but people like that do, that they do. But because we're dealing in a world of agents, they haven't got the right agents. The amount of agents that are tied in with the jobs with directors of football. No, and I understand that. I don't, I don't, I don't, go, down a, I don't go down the route of what you've said before about being Sam Aladachi and you'd have got a top six job and this, that and the yeah, other. Yeah, that's good. that's good publicity. It's good though, publicity, it? but it is, yeah, it, and that makes people like me look like I'm a lazy, bone-idle arsehole that would only get a football manager from abroad yeah, because it's easy yeah, to do and it's not a lot true. Of it, a, lot of it, a lot of it is actually, is now, now we have to, we're the only country that don't look after our own. I don't disagree with that. You I know what I mean? Yeah, you I, I go don't... across the LMA. Sometimes that's the LMA's the... done the research. We they they will not do what we do in any other country in Europe by allowing allowing every every coach and every nationality across the world. So we are the most multiracial, multi-talented group in this country, better than anybody else in the world. So I can't understand why anybody complain about not being a manager or not being given a chance because you have to be, earn it and you have yeah, to I carry agree. on to get it. If I hadn't done all I did, because I, I grafted mm. for years and years and years to get where I got. I didn't just, it didn't just come. No gave it to you. It just started, yeah. you know, we ended up at Limerick. It ended yeah. up at Preston as youth team coach at Blackpool. It ended, you know, it, it I got, turned, yards. I got turned down for Northwich, Victoria, Kidderminster areas mm. when I sent all my CVs out and nobody responded. So I didn't go around whinging that I don't didn't get any. No. I just carried on mm. and took the job to stay in, in, in relatively in football after losing my job at West Brom, actually taking a job in Ireland, which is which is the last place I really wanted to go, but it was the only job I could get at the time. You know, so do the graft, do the yeah, hard lot. Right. Hard yards, and if you keep going somewhere along the line, you'll get there yeah, again. You know? Last question: What would you like people's lasting memory of, of you in football to be? De dedicated, good at his job, and uh, enjoyed every every single minute of it. Like you know, but the only people that really know that are the people who've worked for me. Yeah, but they haven't worked for me; they've worked with me. Not with you, you know. So they know who I really am. Um, other than that, nobody else does. Nobody else knows the real me any other than them about uh, how much fun we have. We're serious when we need to be, but we do have some fun. Sam, listen, I've enjoyed it. Not a hint of arsehole clevery for no, me. No, no, fine. No problem. Thank you for being so upfront. Pleasure. Enjoyed it very much. Yeah, cheers. Upfront with me, Simon Jordan, is brought to you by William Hill. Future episodes can be found on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly.